Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. This episode is sponsored by GameStrap. If you're in the need of a sideline replay system, look no further than GameStrap. GameStrap has the fastest sideline replay system on the market, and they provide 24-7 customer support. Their systems can be used for multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. Go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. We'd also like to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of you know about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to player quizzing to installs, Just Play provides coaches with football playbook and game planning tools Bear faster and engage with today's athletes. Make it a party to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com, sign up for a free demo, and let them know we sent you. Welcome to the Mesh Point Podcast. Tonight we've got Bo Johnson. Uh, Bo's the head football coach at Bluntstown High School in Florida. Coach, how are you tonight? Uh, doing well. Uh, we were just talking. I'm excited. We get started tomorrow morning, and uh, it's the start of another year. Yeah, it's football Christmas Eve, isn't it? <laughs> it's football, football Christmas Eve, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Coach, talk about your background and, you know, a little bit about where you played and, uh, you know, how you got to Bluntstown. Yeah, in high school, I played at a, a little school in Camilla, Georgia, called Westwood School. And uh, it's, it's amazing. We didn't know what we were involved in at the time. But from 1978 to 1992, our school played in 10 state championships. Oh, wow. And uh, – when, when we were coming up, we just thought that's how it was. You know what I'm saying? And then you get into this profession and you realize how amazing to be part of, of a program like that it was. But uh, we had a fantastic coach, uh, Coach Graham Lowe. Uh, we still respect him so much. He was like a father to us, never used bad language. Uh, now, he might call you a bonehead or a rutabaga or something. You know, he'd call you something. But uh, just such a great role model. And I think that's what made me want to go into coaching really was Coach Lowe and just how much respect we had for him as a human being. Um, always loved the sport and went and, and right out of college, man, I'm a spoiled too. Uh, I, I got a job at Briarwood School up in North Georgia, a little private school. And uh, the very first year uh, we ran beer and uh, the very first year we played for a state championship. And uh, – the, the next year, I went and uh, right down the road went to another little private school called Thomas Jefferson Academy just because I wanted a little uh, $2,000 raise. Back then, I thought thought that was a big raise. And uh, 
I was spoiled again. It was a wishbone coach that had Veer in his offense and option, and, and uh, we actually won state that year. So, uh, as a young coach, immediately I thought option football was the greatest thing ever invented. Uh, but uh, since then, you also learn that you better have some good players, and we had some great players uh, those two years. Uh, coaching many years, this and that, head coach, defense coordinator. Uh, I was in Perry, Florida as a defense coordinator, and I used to come to Bluntstown, a uh, little bitty town, and I always went there and took a left to, to go to Mexico Beach, which that was where I went to kind of get away and always regroup and recharge my batteries. And, man, I was sitting there one day, and on the classifieds, that old Bluntstown job came up there for a defense coordinator. And I was like, man, that's going to be close to Mexico Beach. Uh, regardless of what football is like there, that's what I want to do, you know. And uh, Coach Jordan hired me, and, man, I get over here, and these folks love some football. And the very first year we played for state down in the Citrus Bowl and lost to Trenton. But uh, I just got very lucky with that, that part, that Bluntstown loves football like they do. I, I mainly moved here to get close to Mexico Beach, to, to be honest with you. Okay, that's good. That's awesome. That's a <laughs> that's, that's awesome. an awesome story right there, man. That's yeah, man, I tell you. That's kind of how I'm looking at life nowadays. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, but, you you, you kind of hit on a couple guys. I'm I'm assuming it sounded like the guy you played for in high school was one of your mentors, but you know, talk about some guys you've leaned on. You know, again, you're a head coach, so. You know, some guys you might call when you got a tough decision to make or run something by somebody, some guys like that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like I said, I, I played for a, a man named Graham Lowe, and uh, he's in his league's Hall of Fame. I mean, the man won over 200 football games. and But more than that was just the way he handled himself and the way he, he was a mentor to all of us. He made us watch uh, Cool Hand Luke every year, the TBS version, uh, to make to help teach us life lessons, dude. And I'll never forget that. I mean, I'll never forget that. And But, yeah, he's a main one. And uh, the first wishbone coach I worked for was Chuck Wimberly, who's won five or six state championships at little private schools in Georgia. And he was a great coach, and I learned a lot from him. And, you know, I ended up coaching for Coach Lowe's son and Alan Lowe, and we still talk on the phone a lot. Um, and, and another big mentor of mine is the head football coach at North Florida Christian. He was at Trinity Christian when I was in Georgia at coaching at those schools, and he beat me several times for, for titles and stuff. But uh, he, he's one that got me into bigger, faster, stronger, the weightlifting stuff. I, I'm also a clinician and salesman for bigger, faster, stronger, and Boy, that was a blessing getting in with those guys and learning about that kind of stuff. And uh, and believe it or not, there's a boy that he uh, – I taught him history and then he uh, helped me coach straight out of high school. He's the offensive coordinator right now at Jeff Davis High School. I, I lean on him a lot for spiritual guidance. He's a huge, huge FCA and a great spiritual man. He's, he's about 30 years old. They're the ones that do that graphic stuff for me, too. They keep me up to date on my tweeting graphics. Stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a handful of guys that, that we call, and, you know, some may be an X and O mentor, but, you know, we also need spiritual and uh, mental uh, mentors, too, that you lean on to 
in tough times. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's good. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I think a lot of times we focus on, you know, like the, the scheme of things and, and, uh, and maybe a few culture things here and there. But, you know, it's good to talk to some people that, you know, have some different opinions about things that aren't always in the middle of a football game, you know. So. Yes, sir. Uh, and Leland Reddy was his name at Jeff Davison. Man, I'm just so impressed with what Leland's accomplished. Uh, man, he helped me. He, he said, uh, Coach, can I go with you to this new school you're going to? And while I'm in college, help you coach. And, uh, I said, yeah, but don't open your mouth. You can come out here and help me, but don't open your mouth. Just hold the scout cards. And Man, about day three, I put Leland actually coaching ball at 18 years old. And, uh, man, that joker took off. He was at every clinic, learned everything, and he is he is a phenomenal football coach at 30 years old. It's, it's amazing. That's awesome. That's a cool deal, man. Well, hey, Coach, for, for, for the folks that don't know, where in the heck is Bluntstown located exactly? And uh, if you would, talk, <laughs> talk about your season last year and how you uh, you and your team were affected by that major hurricane that rolled up through there. Uh, yes, sir. Bluntstown is about uh, 40 miles uh, north, maybe a slightly northeast of Panama City. It's about uh, 60 miles west, or maybe about 50 miles west of Tallahassee. So if you took a if you took a, a line and drew it from Tallahassee to Panama City up to Dothan and back to Tallahassee, like build a triangle, we're almost directly in the middle of that triangle. Um, so we are not close to anything, but we are not far from Dothan, Panama City, Tallahassee, and some things like that. Uh, we got two stoplights. Uh, we might have installed a third one. I think we're up three stoplights. Uh, we got one grocery store. It's a small, small blue-collar uh, town. Uh, we don't have any sugar daddy boosters, but now – when you have a fundraiser, boy, everybody will jump in and try to help them tigers that we have. And so that that's a great thing. This town and community is is just awesome as far as that's concerned. And, yeah, that, that hurricane last year, Hurricane Michael, really did a number on us. Uh, we had a weather station at our, at our uh, stadium there that recorded sustained winds of like 150 miles an hour before it went out. And uh, – it tore up every bleacher we had, every light. Uh, the gym roof was completely gone. Um, by the time I got back to town, I did evacuate for three or four days. And when I got back, uh, we immediately went to try to check in on the kids and had a team cookout just to check on them. And at that point, honestly, we didn't know we were going to play football or not, guys. Uh, I wasn't going to force them to. I, I thought it would be good for them and the community, but at the same time, you don't want to disrespect the community either. Right. And um, what, nobody had power, and, and we actually played uh, three or four football games with no power in the field house. We would practice in the morning. I remember one of the away games we went to, we all packed flashlights so that when we got back, we could see around the field house. Uh, we were driving to Dothan and Tallahassee to get ice and fresh water and so many programs donated us stuff. We turned the visiting locker room in almost like a little bunker where they could shop for deodorant and soap and razors and food. And, uh, we just did whatever we had to do to make sure the kids could finish their season because they wanted to. It was up to them. 
Uh, we even had coaches that would go rent motels to watch huddle um, and just do whatever we had to do. We were 7-1 and one before the hurricane, only losing to Florida High, who ended up in the Final Four of 3A. And uh, Coming back out of the hurricane, we went 2-2. Two and two. We won a playoff game, and we were ahead of our big rival, St. Joe, last year, who was undefeated at the time, uh, like 12-10 to 10 with – Two and a half minutes left, and they drove down and beat us, uh, seventeen to twelve. But it, it was, it was something I'll never forget. Um, one of the toughest things I've ever been through, but also probably the proudest I've ever been of a bunch of kids and then coaches. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, wanted you <clears throat> could you talk a little bit about the that the, the fraternity of coaches and the and the brotherhood of coaches that maybe uh, we don't know about uh, where coaches. Uh, of other teams helped or offered help to you and uh, your team during that aftermath of the hurricane? Oh, yeah, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. I'm not going to be negative toward the government, but I'll just say they weren't very much help at all. Uh, the churches and then fellow coaches is who saved us, man. Uh, Madison County and a, another group of coaches out of Tallahassee, uh, Taylor County and Perry had people, places I've worked before, uh, Brookwood School in Thomasville, and even as even as far north as uh, North Forsyth, uh, their coaching staff made sure we got stuff and people we had played on our schedule. Northview, almost to uh, Alabama over there, almost to Mobile, there right there in the corner of Florida, they brought some stuff over. Uh, the amazing part too is you get kind of used to it after a couple of days. <laughs> these grown men would be in. Uh, these grown men would be in full tears, man, dropping stuff off. Just They just couldn't believe the the damage and what people have been through. Like my quarterback, uh, the Madison County coaches met him at church. They were volunteering at a church and met him. And, of course, we had played each other in the 2017 state championship game. And His name was Trent Peacock. And he won our district player of the year last year. But he was hammering plyboard to his window in his bedroom when their whole roof came off. And uh, Madison's coaches were so touched by that story, and they, they were really big help. And like I said, man, just a ton of coaches and programs stepped up and really helped us, and, and it, it really was, was heart-wrenching and touching for all that to, to occur. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that on uh, uh, social media. Here the Madison County coaches are in a church feeding people for the hurricane, and Here's this star quarterback coming through, getting getting a plate of food from him with uh, Bluntstown T-shirt on. You know what I mean? And that just it just blew their mind. Like, wow, man! Like you know, his roof, like you just said, you know, he, he has no place to stay, and he, you know, we're we're able to help. That that that, that was such a cool story, man. Awesome. And Trent's an amazing kid, and and the first game back out. Uh, Holmes County let us borrow their stadium on a Saturday morning, and Walton was kind enough to, to meet us halfway for that and play on a Saturday morning. The first play of the game, Trent took a midline option to the house. And on the second play from scrimmage, uh, he picked six. So he scored two touchdowns in about 30 seconds the first game back out. And uh, pretty incredible, man, for that kid to play at that level even after what he had been through. Well, that that don't give you the the goosebumps a little bit, man. I don't know what will. <laughs> that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, coach, yeah, it's uh, uh, 
Go ahead, Coach. It just it renewed your confidence in human beings, man. Like, you know, we get caught up to. I'll be sitting in my recliner flipping through stuff, and it, it just a mess that people try to get people to hate each other these days, and the mess that goes on. That, that's one thing I love about coaching is we're still one of the last lines of defense to help this country. But it also what we went through last year to see all those people help us and all it. it it just restores your faith in human beings. It was amazing. Yeah, it's uh, you're right. Um, coaching coaches, it's uh, it's the last line, man. The last line of defense. No pun intended. Um, and uh, you know, I wish you know, I wish things didn't happen like that for you guys. But uh, it can restore your faith, like you said. Um, when when you turn on everything else and it's kind of more negative than it is positive in the world with the news media and things and it can that kind of stuff can really restore your faith in folks so so yeah very very fortunate to have been through something like that honestly i know it's i know it's unfortunate but at the same time i really i really think it's one of the greatest things i've ever been through once we've gotten survived it and everything but uh yeah, really tough, but it, it, it was an amazing situation. Well, Coach, let's, uh, let's flip over to some excitement and positive about this year. Like I said, starts tomorrow. What what are you excited about? Uh, how y'all going to start it? Uh, man, we're, we're excited. Uh, we had a great summer. Uh, we went to a couple of FCA padded camps that's allowed by the FHSA, and, man, we didn't we – didn't, curtail any we went over there and got 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 involved with madison and north florida christian and taylor county and Childs, which is a 7a school and we only dress about 22 23 kids on varsity uh and it was a it was some good stuff got her nose bloodied a little bit in some areas but we got our whole offensive line back uh we didn't have not one senior on the, on the offensive line we're, we're really excited about that uh Replacing Trent at quarterback is going to be a, you know, going to be a process. But we got two athletic guys there that run the veer in the middle line pretty well, and so we're we're excited about that. We we got uh we got some speed uh, at wingback uh, that's really been good for us. We're we're really excited with how our rocket and jets looked. Um, I'd say our concern is you know depth. Uh, like I said, we're dressing 22 kids, and our, our first three games this year, counting the Classic, is 2A state champ, North Florida Christian, a 5A school, Arnold, and a 4A school, Mariana. So, uh, you know, those, but, but that's exciting. I like playing tough competition like that. It, it'll, it'll make us better, for sure. And uh, defensively, we're, we're excited about – we got a lot of starters back, probably eight starters back on that side of the ball, but – we're still trying to find that one linebacker that's going to step up and, you know, be the boy dog over there. But we love the way our group's playing and trying hard and fitting. And uh, we're, we're excited. We're excited to see what kind of ball club we're going to have. Um, and we just want to be playing our best ball when the frost gets on the pumpkin, as Art Russell used to say. So when it gets, gets cold outside, that's when we want to be playing our best football. So that's what we're excited about. Well, no doubt about that. Um, 
So if, if memory serves us correctly, Brunstown at one time was a very good double tight end wing T team, making state finals appearances and things like that. So talk about the history behind the style of offense you're using now with the, the triple option and, and maybe some of the addition of the wing T concepts that, that makes your offense fit your team so well. Yeah, now, um, and it's funny, it goes all the way back to the 70s. Uh, Coach Pitts won a couple state championships in the 70s. And they ran the split back there. Okay. And uh, he was actually he was actually Coach Greg Jordan's head coach, which I'll get to that in a minute. And then in the early two thousands, Bobby Johns was here, and he's a beer guy, and and that's where they got back on track and started winning a lot of games. Was under Bobby, uh, and he ran some beer. Uh, he was also what I would say a uh, hybrid wing T guy was like son of a mix between the hybrid wing T and flex bone with some eye stuff in there. And his DC at that time was Greg Jordan, who I talked about a while ago was a split back rear quarterback back in the eighties at Blountstown. And uh, when Bobby left, coach Jordan took over and coach Jordan won over a hundred games as the head coach at Blountstown. And he's now at Port St. Joe and under coach Jordan, they still ran some beer in midline, but he, you know, he also got big into the Jets and the wing tee stuff and that kind of thing. He was very multiple with his wing tee. And uh, so we've been probably doing a version of a wing tee slash option offense around Blunstown since the early 2000s. Okay. <clears throat> and basically when I took over for Coach Jordan, uh, the only difference is uh, – Let's say he spent about 20% of his offensive time on veer and midline. We spend more like 40 or 50%. Uh, so just maybe put a hair more emphasis on the option game. Right. Um, but like I said, a version of the offense has been run around here since the early 2000s. Yeah, Coach, I remember uh, recently, maybe two years ago, was it? You guys were in the state finals versus Madison County. And uh, I remember, you know, you guys being very multiple with the Veer, you know what I mean? Running some spread formations and, um, you know, doing things where you cancel the third phase. And that old Trent Peacock, boy, he was something special. You know what I mean? I remember that big old uh, long run he had in the state finals. Uh, but you guys have always been real unique and multi, you know, running that Veer. That, that's, that's what I really like about your offense, you know, along with the wing T stuff that you do as well. Well, and I think where me and Coach Jordan are very similar is we were both defensive coordinators for a long time. And so we kind of look at it from that side of it, too. Like, hey, what do I not like to defend? Well, I can tell you I don't like defending a bunch of formations, especially unbalanced. I don't like having to spend a lot of time working on beer and midline and who's got what responsibility. Uh and those are kind of things we like to try to do on offense. And, yeah, with Madison now, what another thing, and we still do this some. We did it last year and did it at camp some. We, if we get a 3-4 team and uh, and we feel like they're pretty salty up there, we'll get a good four-foot split uh, at guard and at tackle and just try to spread them out and uh, – run just zone dive floor. We just go ball block everybody and hit that thing up in there as fast as we can. And yeah. that worked good for us against Madison. And then we came back and read it 
And uh, that's when Trent busted that long run. We yeah, and we did do that out of two by two. We did it out of doubles, and uh, kind of got the secondary out of the way there. Where if we got past the first five yards, Trent Trent was pretty fast. But uh, there's a bunch. That's the other thing I love about option football. I mean, there's some things you shouldn't veer away from, but there's a bunch of ways to skin a cat too in the option game. I mean, it you can kind of kind of scheme that thing up the way you want it. You know. Yeah, I thought that was pretty innovative, man. I ain't gonna lie. I, I, I was that was impressive. I, I was I was enjoying that. <laughs> now, coach, what position are you primarily working with on offense? Um, here at Bluntstown, it's been the offensive line. Uh, even when I was the defense coordinator for Coach Jordan, uh, me and Coach Horn kind of double teamed the offensive line. Now, Coach Horn's been. Coach Horn's been with Coach Johns, Coach Jordan, and me, so he's been around this 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 uh, team and this offense for a long time, and he does a great job with our O line. But having four eyes on that O line is a really good thing to me to be able to have a front side and a back side, or however you want to divide that up, and we work really well together. So I, I do it mostly with the offensive line, but. Now that I'm the head coach, and even when I was with Coach Jordan as defense coordinator, I mean, I'll help with the backfield if I need to. And um, The good thing about Bluntstown is a lot of – almost all my staff played here too. So some of these guys actually played in this offense, and uh, they know it pretty well. So uh, some of the guys that do the quarterback and running backs, I mean, they were actually beer quarterbacks themselves. Uh, so, so that helps. Yeah, that helps a lot when you, particularly with you know kids that know the traditions of school and they know the offense, they're probably more willing to jump in and work a little bit harder because it means more to them. Yes, sir, and uh, we we do have a very proud tradition there, and I and I'm lucky to have some of these these coaches here. Uh, you know, our stipends in Florida are they're they're not very good, um, so to have very high quality assistants that are willing to stay here because they love Bluntstown. Uh, that's that's a – I'm really lucky in that aspect. Well, we're actually going to ask you about that here a little bit later. We got that as one of our questions. So, let's table that for just a second. We'll come back to the salary thing in just a minute. We wanted to yes, ask sir. you we – we got a friend, uh, Jason Smith, in coming. Um, uh, he's with the Sunshine uh, State Athletic Association. Now, now, I know you guys in Brunstown are part of the 1A FHSAA, right? Can you talk – me and Matt yes, talking about this the other day. Uh, can you talk about you guys' arrangement with uh, with the other conference, and then is that going to like like kind of why you have a little bit of an arrangement? And then also we were worried about um, you know how like to get into the playoffs, it's all about points and stuff. Now we wondered if that's that's going to affect yes, uh, your team at all, or if you're worried about that. So if you could talk a little bit about uh, uh, that. Well, all right, I, I'm gonna tell you how this went down, and I'm I'm just a straight shooter now. And so, some of the original meetings and conversations that were set up is because we do have some people that are upset about who's in Class A. Blah blah. blah. So, do you agree with that or don't agree agree with that? You go to the meetings to hear what's going to be said. Now, you know, some of these schools that. Are, that are in Class A that maybe some feel like they shouldn't be, it may not be their fault. There may be a loophole in the rule, and that's something that's going to have to be addressed. But 
point being, we start going to these meetings about possibly at one time, I'll be honest with you, we were considering every single class A school, except for a few, completely joining this conference. And I'll be honest with you, I went to the first couple of meetings not knowing what to expect. I thought we'd get in there and a bunch of coaches would be fussing and arguing and then that'd be the end of it. And we show up, and the SSAC have their stuff together. I was – I think most every coach in there was very impressed and very – came away blown away with how organized the SSAC was and the plan that they had. But now you got to, you got to understand, too, now I, I have a volleyball program that's been at a Final Four a couple times. We was got a softball program that goes to state a lot, Sneeds. You have St. Joe girls basketball that's played for state two years. So, also, we don't want to do anything that would cost our other athletic programs. And we kind of got, whether it was rumor or not, we got wind that if we kind of all pulled out, it could have hurt our other sports. And so, while we're meeting with Stuart and Jason and them, and, man, we were just so impressed. And we were like, well, maybe things ain't going to work out. They brought up how they do basketball, which is, uh, let's say there's a maximum of 25 regular season games, they play 20, and they have an SSAC tournament, then they go to their district tournament. And we were like, oh, wow, wait a minute now, we might be on to something. And the FHSA put in, or somebody put in the bylaws that, you know, now you can schedule a game after the start of the season and as long as you're in the minimum requirements and the maximum requirements of games, that game counts towards your points total, right? So we were like, well, we can use that format that SSAC is using for basketball and use it for football. Whereas we play seven games, and then our last three regular season games, we just don't know who we're going to play. The SSAC is going to organize a playoff for us. And, man, it took off, and we liked it. And uh, and I'll be honest with you, a lot of the selling points for us at Blountstown was this. When they did away with districts, whether you are for that or not, it really hurt our gates. Uh, because when people can go play whoever they want to, we lost some of the closer people around us, didn't want to play us. And, like, us playing Arnold, for instance, man, that's going to be a good football game. That's a 5A school. And that's going to be a tough game for us. But it's no knock on Arnold. When they come to Blunchtown, those beach people aren't driving to Blunchtown to watch a football game now. They're just not. And so this this SSAC thing is going to be some good gates for us. And so what we voted on right there with the SSAC is those are going to be split gates. So, man, you get looking at that thing, and it, it could be us versus Baker one week and then us versus St. Joe one week. Man, that, that's two big-time Class A gate football games right there that both programs get to split. And then, like you mentioned, this new point system, I don't know about y'all, but I was having a little trouble figuring out the scheduling, and <laughs> it was kind of frustrating. Well, and I don't know that we're going to be good enough here at Blountstown, but if we are, if we're one of the top-tier teams, we're almost guaranteed to see other top-tier teams those last couple weeks. So it should guarantee me some good points. 
Right. Uh, those last couple weeks of the season. Uh, and then and the last drawing point is if you're good enough to make it to the championship game, this was before they moved the game to Tallahassee in FHSA. We're going to play the championship games there in Panama City. And, uh, you know, you get four local panhandle teams playing on that Saturday or Friday, whatever it's going to be, and, and we all get to split that gate after we pay for officials and trophies. It, it's a good financial situation. Um, so that it started out with maybe some people belly aching about some stuff, but it actually – what it ended up being is a gigantic district playoff is what it ended up being. Uh, so I hope I explained it well. Well, and the teams that you're going to get to play are like – Local, like more local uh, teams, right? It's not. Yes, now, and now we did reach out across Tallahassee to those other schools, but it happened so late that they didn't really want to jump in this year. So it did end up being more in the panhandle. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's Baker, uh, Jefferson County, Port St. Joe, um. And there's 12 of them. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's local. And like, like I said, the, the easiest way to tell you is it's like a gigantic district playoff. You just don't know who your last three games are going to be against. It all depends on how it uh, how it plays. <laughs> but I know this. We were very impressed. We were very impressed with how the SSAC organized everything. Uh, that's interesting. I see. We in Virginia, we they did away with districts like uh, four, three years ago, three years, three years ago, four years, three years ago, four years ago, and and we did conferences, and it was awful. Kind of like I guess probably like what you're talking about, and uh, and I wish we'd have had. No, we're back to districts now, which is uh, great, but. Uh, I kind of wish we'd have had something like you're talking about. It would have been pretty fun there. I mean, you know. Um. Yeah, and it kind of fell in our lap. Like I said, if they hadn't have told us how they did basketball, the whole deal was going to completely fall apart. I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But between Stuart, between Stuart and Jason mentioning that and us coaches being in the room and going, okay, wait a minute now. We can still pull this off. Here's how we do this without – now, the, and, and it's my understanding that Stuart and Jason were in contact with the FHSAA, FHSAA the whole time too. You know, like letting them know, hey, this is what these schools are talking about doing. Is this going to be okay? Are y'all going to let us do this as long as we fall under these guidelines and blah, 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 blah. So, I, I came away very impressed with the, with the SSAC. Yeah. That's that's cool, man. I'm I'm um, looking forward to seeing how it works out for you guys, man. That's uh, and I know I've always heard it's tough for you guys just in general. Some you know to schedule teams, you know, because you got to make your own schedule in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah, sir. Uh, you know, and and look, I don't get my. I've coached at some schools. Well, my first head coaching job, I had fifteen total kids first day. And I wouldn't want to be in a district with Port St. Joe and Bluntstown and, and, you know, at the same time. So I, I understand the idea of everybody 
getting to pick a schedule that's favorable and competitive. But when you live out here in this panhandle and you're either going to have to travel a lot or play some lot bigger programs and that, you know, I only dressed 22 kids this year. I'm not, we're not scared to play anybody, but you know, my kids are fitting to play a 5A school and a 4A school back-to-back weeks with 22 kids. Uh, I hope we got enough to play some Class A schools after that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, I love um, – I, I told you before, my parents got a little place up there in North Florida in uh, Mayo, Lafayette County, you know? Oh, yes, sir. Uh-huh. And, and I'm, I'm down here in big city, man, Tampa, you know, over 2 million people, 33 high schools, you know what I mean? So going up there – and playing some small town ball, man, it gives you an appreciation. I respect you guys so much. And uh, I smile because I think about small town football where halftime, you look at the band, there's 15 kids and two of them are football players and one of them's a cheerleader. And <laughs> it's, it's just awesome, man. It's awesome. I love, I love going and watching some good old 1A football, man. There's nothing like it. The whole town shuts down, comes out. I just, I just love it, man. It's, man, it's unbelievable. Like, I, I came back and I run into school up there right when I get back about Hurricane and I'm trying to talk to my principal and it's a shelter for people that's lost everything. And so I'm in there and Man, it's just a pitiful sight, and we're all, you know, stressed out. And this man comes up and says, Coach, they had to cut me out of my trailer with the jaws of life. I said, that is awful. He said, when are we playing football again, Coach? When are we playing football again? <laughs> and I'm like, holy guacamole, man. Like, dude, really? Like, that's what you're worried about right now? Yeah. But it's like. It's almost what binds these people together. It's like, it's what they look, it's their entertainment. They can't afford to go to Disneyland and go to this and go to that. They live and breathe to go up there on Friday night and eat them a corn dog and watch them Tigers play. I mean, that's just what it is now. Yeah. Uh, and oh, it is, it's amazing. It's, it's like, uh, and they, they treat it like it's a daggum um, college robberies too. I went over there to the gun store and I said something silly, and the guy says, oh, you must be from Cross City. You know what I mean? They got, so they, they make fun of each other. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. I wanted to – speaking of small uh, small ball, uh, small 1A ball, I wanted to ask you about re- recruiting a little bit. Uh, I've seen you on the road this summer a lot in the spring also uh, traveling with your kids. I think you went to Kentucky and – I saw you over in Sanford, Alabama, I think, right? Uh, attending camps and stuff. I see you also using social media to promote your program. Talk about some of the recruiting difficulties in small town uh, high school football program uh, has and ways that you overcome many of the challenges or you try to to get your kids some attention. I know that's a loaded question, but I think you do a hell of a job, man. On no, social- no, it's not. It's not loaded and uh... – and we can get our feelings hurt and throw our sucker in the dirt if we want to, but it's just a fact to look, man. If I'm a college recruiter and I've only got a certain amount of hours in the day, I can stop in Tallahassee and go see Madison and a few areas around there, Thomasville, or I can drive an hour out here to see one kid Bluntstown has. And 
if my kid is just as talented as those other 65, they can see 65 that look just like mine, or they can drive an hour out here and an hour back to see one kid. And so you got to understand it's not personal. Uh, now, if you got a five-star blue chipper, they coming to you. You, you ain't got to, you ain't got to work. They, they gonna come see you. If you got, you know, if you got the next Derrick Henry, they, they coming to your house. You ain't got to go do no social media and stuff. Uh, but what I realized very quickly is that we had to work real hard to get our kids looks. And honestly, I'm trying to fight for those kids to get those D2 and NAI looks. If you got a D1 kid, if he's got the grades, he's going to play football somewhere. Uh, so it goes back to those mentors you're talking about, and he's young now, but I, I got a hold of Leland and those guys at Jeff Davis. And I said, guys, the last time I was a head coach, I was sending out DVDs and VHS tapes in the mail. Uh, the first thing they said is, coach, you got to get on Twitter. And I said, what is a tweet? And they went to shaking their head, and they were like, oh, we got a lot of work to do, coach, a lot of work to do. And so, man, they taught me how to use Twitter. And uh, I actually pay them guys, not, I mean, out of my own pocket, not the school's money. They do all my banners and my, I call it media swag. It's sharp now. And, uh, well, I, I pay them a little bit of money, and, and uh, they help me with my files, and I got the kids, you know, said, look, you know, if we're going to do these things, and then I physically, you know, my wife, my wife, sometimes she probably ain't happy with me, but. I took a weekend, I think it was Memorial Day weekend, and I drove three or four of them up to Tennessee, to East Tennessee State. As soon as they got done prospecting there, I drove them over to Cumberland. In Lebanon, it was about a five-hour drive. Uh, we had a few get offered there, and then I drove eight hours home so we could start weightlifting the next day. So, you know, I'm not doing anything other coaches around the country aren't doing, but you know, if we're just going to sit back and not do anything and then complain that our kids aren't getting recruited, that's on us. That's our fault. Uh, so I think we understand how it works and that these recruiters are just trying to make a living too. And, you know, you got to bust Fanny and get your kids looked at and do that kind of stuff. And now I'm not going to pretend I know everything about it. It's a confusing, crazy uh, it might be a Friday night that a kid that just got offered at USC, your kid that can barely get a D2 look whipped like a yard dog. But all I know to do is you work hard, do as much as you can to promote the kids, and the kids got to make plays. But uh, I just believe trying to give them every opportunity we can to get out of here and go get an education. No, that's a that's a good point. It, I was thinking about. Uh, do you remember Trenton's Hamp Cheevers? Oh yeah, I remember Hamp Cheevers. Well, he, he cost me a state championship ring. <laughs> well, he was studded, but uh, he experienced some of the same uh, issue. I remember his coach, Coach Thomas. Uh, man, he he would have a tough time trying to get those guys because you know the destination of the school is not right off the interstate. You know what I mean? You might have to get off the interstate and drive a good hour before you get there. You know. And uh, it's like, how do these kids get these Absolutely. stars, man? How do they get these stars and this attention? It, this kid is special. I think he's playing in the NFL now. Oh, he, he's a stud now. Like, yeah. uh, he single-handedly beat us in that state championship game in 13. Uh, 
Yeah. And, and the thing is, yeah, now he's in the NFL. So you mean to tell me he wasn't good enough to play at uh, Florida? That shit, Florida that's right down the road. Or, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, so again, I. And Coach Thomas does a great job. I see him all the time also in taking kids places. And, man, I, I am so – I'm so impressed with what high school coaches do for kids now. And, man, they're some of the greatest people on earth, high school football coaches. I'm just in awe to be part of it. It's amazing. That's awesome. Well, Coach, we got a couple questions for you left, and then we'll let you run here, man. Uh, just how close are you to the Georgia uh, Georgia border? Uh, there in Blunchtown, and, and do you guys ever get to mix it up with them guys? How, how, how you say it, Georgia? Georgia? <laughs> yeah, Georgia. There you go. G-A-W-G-A, baby. Uh, <laughs> we do we do get to mix it up some. We went to a, a FCA camp with with some Georgia people, and and then we you know we've tried to mix up. We're actually going to Georgia to play a game this year. Uh, Holmes County decided not to play us, and uh, we've been playing Holmes County for 50-something years. But, you know, I understand. That's their prerogative. And so we had we were scrambling to find a game, and uh, back to Coach Lowe that I played for, his son, we're going to play his school. is called Deerfield Windsor in Albany. And uh, maybe not here lately, but at one time they were very similar to a North Florida Christian. So uh, we're going to go to Georgia. I'd love – the problem we have, Tony, is we're on different cycles. And uh, so it's hard to fit those guys on our schedule and, and, and vice versa. Uh, but, man, there's some great Class A schools right there on that border that would just be great matchups for us northern Florida schools, even on the other side over there, like, you know, like a, a Clinch County would, you know, Madison County. How, how, Man, there'd be people all across the nation wanting to watch that football game. Um, <laughs> so maybe one day we can work that out. Yeah, that's some big time football right there, man. It, uh, ain't but a hop, skip, and a jump either, coach. Oh no, sir. We can be. Uh, we do some stuff with Seminole County and Miller County. I mean, that's just right across Lake Seminole. I mean, that's a lot closer drive than Baker or Northview teams we've been playing on our schedule the last 10 or 15 years. All right. Well, this was going to be our last one here, Coach. We're going to let you talk about uh, the salary thing uh, from earlier. Uh, you know, compared to uh, <laughs> – we're we're, Florida, we're both Florida coaches, man, making these pennies. And I know I've seen you on Twitter, man. Uh, talking, talking to them uh, friends uh, over in Georgia, talking about the big time money they make. Can you, can you speak maybe a little bit about uh, your take on the current situation for Florida football coaches and their salaries? Uh, it's it's really sad, Tony. Because um, you know I've coached in both states, and I have such a respect for these guys in Florida. These coaches, I mean they they do a great job. Uh, and it's not just the salary, Tony. It's the facilities. It's the resources that they're given. Um, and I just – I can't put my finger on it. I, I don't – you know, people want to try to explain it to me, but I have yet to have somebody really be able to explain to me why. Uh, and it's, it's really got to be frustrating. Uh, we've lost some great coaches here lately, and I don't blame them. I mean, people want to get mad sometimes, but – I mean, you're talking about people trying to take care of their families. Um, 
and and it's not just their salary the the retirement and insurance tony uh georgia has a state insurance plan their gold plan uh, their gold plan which means the whole family greatest insurance they got is like 500 a month Tony, if my wife didn't be a parapro in the school system here for my family, the insurance would be twelve hundred a month. Um, she was she worked in a hospital, and I talked her into being a parapro in the school system, so our insurance would be like four fifty. But now this insurance I'm talking about, this four fifty a month, is also a twenty five hundred dollar deductible. Um, so I. I don't understand it. Uh, if somebody wants to sit down and explain it to me one day and really know what they're talking about, that'd be wonderful. But uh, I got boys that I coached in high school that are making more to coach a position in Georgia than I do to be the head football coach at Blountstown High School. Um, and I'm happy for them. I mean, I'm not upset. I think that's great. Uh, but, but Florida needs to understand that uh, – as more people find out what it's like uh, in other states, we're going to have some problems keeping good coaches in this state. Yeah, without question. That's that's crazy. Well, that insurance, I didn't know about that. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, you're working, you're working uh, just for your insurance for your family, you know? Well, and in retirement, uh, Tony, like, I'm no expert now, but it's my understanding that Florida's like 1.5% per year. Uh, George is 2%. So right. where you get people leaving is, let's say you put 15 years in Florida. Right. You go put your next 15 in in Georgia and still going to make more money. And you'll end up better off retirement-wise finishing those last 15 in Georgia than if you'd have finished the second 15 in Florida, if I'm making sense. Yeah. So you're vested in Florida after 15. You've worked your way up, but now you move up there to Georgia and put in 15 at 2% a year, plus your salary will be about 15000 more to do less work, too, Tony. You're, you're talking about staffs in Georgia. You're talking about staffs in Georgia. A lot of them are twice the size of our staffs in Florida. Uh, mm. uh, that's great. Uh, that's it really great. is. And, and – I, I nobody's been able to sit down and really explain to me why. Uh, but I guess it's just what's always been. Yeah. Well, too well. You're talking about taking uh, up to to uh, to Tennessee and 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 taking them around because you have to. I mean, that's some real sacrifice out of you or another high school coach in your situation, just financially gas feeding you know three or four high school teenagers that they can eat you out of house and home you know and if you got to stay overnight whatnot and and uh you know i don't think people understand that that's a real sacrifice um i mean well it's you know i mean for you for us you know when we do it um so you know but it wouldn't be a sacrifice there in, in georgia because those guys get paid you know what i mean so well, and and in uh, all honesty, too, the the money that's pumped into those programs is unbelievable, dude. Like, uh, like for instance, 
uh, last year, my offensive line coach uh, made us homemade ham and bologna sandwiches to take on the road because every time we were going to Subway, it was like three and $400 per game. Right. And we needed to save that to pay some bills and stuff. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying every program in Georgia, but now most programs in Georgia, they ain't worried about that because they, they going – there's money being pumped in there. I mean, Pelham High School, if you ever go to Pelham, Georgia, it's very small. There's a Hardee's. That's it. That's the only fast food place there. It might have three stoplights about like Blountstown. They have an indoor practice facility, about a 35-yard indoor practice facility. Um. I don't even know if around here, I don't even know if I've seen a six or seven A school in Florida with an indoor practice facility. No. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about my current situation, man. We're, we don't even have headsets. Like we've got like uh, two and a half headsets. <laughs> we're big in a school, you know what I mean? We got athletic tape all over it, coach. You know what I mean? Holding that thing together. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I know, coach. Uh, because these coaches, uh, coaching buddies of mine, see, we don't have huddle sideline and all. I can't afford that. Um, and, uh, man, in Georgia, if you don't have huddle sideline and stuff, you're just, like, way behind the times, dude. But, but you know what? I don't want to come off as all negative. It's really a positive because that means the coaches in Florida are still doing a fantastic job without these resources. Right. And some of the best talent in the nation comes out of Florida high school football. Florida high school football, I have a ton of respect for the coaches. Man, just the Coach Coes and the Joey Pearsons and the Greg Jordans and the John Palmers and the Matt Brunsons. And, I mean, I'm talking about Class A people that I have a good idea and know. And, man, the Steve Prices at North Florida Christian, the Jared Hickmans. I mean, dude, and that's just ones I know around here. There is some unbelievable football coaches in the state of Florida that do an unbelievable job. My thing is, I just don't understand how there can be that big a discrepancy between the two states. And it ain't just – it's getting to where Alabama's getting big time, man. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and now uh, Coach McLeod up there in Virginia may be dealing with the same things as us. I don't know. I don't know how it compares. I just know in the south uh, – Florida's lagging behind in, in, in the resources and the stations. Coach has got one of those multi-million dollar contracts up there in Virginia, man. <laughs> no, we're in the same boat. I mean, you know, honestly, um, you know, when you look at like, uh, I mean, the major population areas like Northern Virginia, Virginia Beach, uh, places like that. Now, they'll pay their head coaches pretty good, uh, pretty good stipend, but like where we're at, nah, I mean, look, it, we don't even get spring ball in Virginia, man. So, um, you know, it's tough, particularly. Um, yeah, I could be wrong. But... Go ahead. There was a great, there was a great coach up in Virginia named Bob Christmas, and then he moved to North Georgia. He, he did a phenomenal North job at North Hall. I think he's yeah. back to Virginia. Yeah, he uh, was the Jefferson Forest. You know, he'd be a great one. 
Yeah, I think he'd be a great one to talk to about the difference in Virginia and North Georgia facilities. Yeah, yeah, he'll 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 tell you because he's a wishbone guy, and uh, he, he'll tell he would tell you. I mean, now when he got so he went from Jefferson Forest in Virginia down to to North Hall, and then now he came back to Jefferson Forest till last year. And then he resigned there, and he's over at Amherst now. But, I mean, he had to – I mean, he had to shake the trees and beat the drums and, I mean, to get everything they got, you know, from like, um, you know, getting some county funds to do some new things in their weight room because it hadn't been touched since he left. You know, like, had, ain't nothing been done since he left. He's a big weight <laughs> So, I mean, you know – uh, we, we ain't that far off from you now. I'll be honest with you. To be, I mean, to be honest. So that's what it sounds like. Uh, but guys, hey man, I, I'm honored that you even would want to talk to me. I, I appreciate it. Uh, man, y'all do a great job. I love getting on that 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 uh forum or website or whatever that is. That thing we do, Telegram or whatever. Uh, it's just uh, it's amazing some of the knowledge that's on there and. It's just fun to be around great coaches and 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 get the get some advice from them, and I've enjoyed it. Well, we appreciate yeah, we have good time, coach. Go ahead, man. No, I'm just saying we have a good time on Telegram and giving each other, you know, hints and tricks, and getting giving each other a hard time too. So <laughs> it makes it fun. <laughs> no, absolutely. But, hey, Coach, we really appreciate you coming on, brother. And yeah. uh, wish you nothing but uh, success this next year. Now, uh, last question. Have you got – after the hurricane, were you guys able to play another uh, home game last season, or is this going to be your first home game since the hurricane coming up uh, this season? Uh, no, sure. We, yeah, we were not able to play. Matter of fact, uh, Tony, uh, just this past Friday, they started putting the first piece of bleacher up. Uh, we still don't have bleachers and lights. Um, uh, our gym still has a temporary roof and no floor. I saw you take a picture of graduation, uh, and you're in the gym, and there's a daggum hole in the wall or hole in the ceiling there <laughs> at the graduation. I couldn't believe that. Yes. Yeah, Tony and Matt, it, it's been nine months, man, and uh, – I just guys, I I I didn't know they just leave you out to dry like this. Like I, <laughs> uh, it's it's been a process, man. It's been a struggle. Uh, I, I'm I'm glad it's starting to I'm glad it's starting to somewhat come together. But it's uh it's it's been a struggle, man. Now, will you guys be able to play at home this year? They're telling me we are uh, – I didn't schedule anything at home in the month of August to hopefully play our first home game September 6th against 4A Mariana. Man, I hope you guys get a chance to uh, play. I, I, can't, I can only imagine uh, your first game back at, at home, how electric that's going to be for the community, man. That's going to be exciting, Coach. Whether, whether it happens yeah, or not, I, I'm rooting for you guys, man. Yeah, and I just have to be careful because it's kind of like I told the news. Uh, Max Preps and, and the FHSA point system ain't going to care if we have lights or bleachers. So if we have to put you on a bus 
and go play eight road games. We just got to do what we got to do. But I, I got faith it's going to come together, man. This this town, man, that's, the new superintendent says he has fielded 100 phone calls and 99 of them have been about the football field. <laughs> uh, so I, I think they're going to make sure it gets done, man, just like you said, because I think the, the community needs it for healing. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, good luck this season, Coach, and I um, uh, wish you the best, brother. Yeah, Coach, we're pulling for you. Thank you all very much. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. You can download or listen to our podcast at Apple iTunes, Spotify, or the Google Podcast app. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good and leave us some comments that you might think uh, you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple. Our MeshPoint podcast uh, has its own Twitter page, and that is at the Mesh Point. Again, at the Mesh Point. You can also find me on FlexboneNation.com. I have an option blog there and write articles and have plays uh, that can help you out, particularly during the season. All right, Tony, I want you to let the listeners know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter, at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and and uh, get to know each other and, you know, we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch uh, catch that every Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter. So it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear. Like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.